0: It's BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband and one other guy get each other the worst books they can find, and Susan forgets to record audio. In this episode, Mick reads Vatican Championship Wrestling by William Hastings, and Sue and Tony read When the Wood is Dry, an edgy Catholic thriller by I Joseph, see, see, Joseph see, Zillow. Jr. red,
1: slick, cherry, red, Show.
0: Welcome to BiblioVile, the Terrible Book Exchange Podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson.
2: And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we
0: are back here yet again. Uh, we thought we were going to have themed seasons based on the types of books that we read, but it turns out that there's been a secret theme that we've developing, and that's the theme of Guests Season.
2: And that's the theme of... Uh, email or Twitter DM people <laughs> whose podcasts you listen to and ask them to be on your podcast.
0: It's the secret of the 21st century. Uh,
2: so we have joining us from probably shoulda fame and from various newsletters and formerly from Twitter, but no longer because he escaped, uh, Tony Ginocchio, welcome to the pod. Hi, Tony. Thank
1: you. It is... You, I, I've said this before to many people. This show is appointment listening for me. I <laughs> I listen to every episode the day it comes out. I'm not joking. I love it. I love you two, uh, person. I think you two as hosts, and you're very funny together. And you love each other, and that's adorable. And I I want to say I am just filled with a combination of excitement and then deep regret for every decision I've made uh, over the past four years that led me to picking the book I picked. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, we're just going to keep doing this for an hour. We can just not talk about the book. You can just keep complimenting us for the time. <laughs> so We have managed to find the one person. That's good.
2: Yeah, the one person who thinks of our podcast as appointment listening. It is very
0: funny to the the idea of internet friends in this era of like, oh, this is our brother podcast, our sister podcast, mm-hmm. you know, our cousin podcast. All sorts of relatives podcast, and then we get on Zoom. And I'm like, "That's what Tony looks like." Yeah. <laughs>
2: nice to meet you.
0: Yeah. Hello. Uh, we yeah. I uh... um no. I,
2: I I love that you say all of these nice things, and then in return we give you horrible homework.
1: Well, I and I gave it to myself. Like, yeah, was, that's true. It was an honor. It's
0: an honor to be here. Obviously, it's really <laughs> it's... antithetical to the bibliophile way you gave yourself the book, but. Much like a Catholic would, yeah, yeah. You, you've punished yourself punished far myself. more than anybody would uh, ever punish you. It's but a- the
2: the problem, Tony, is that you, you dragged me down with you <laughs> so on this one.
0: Well, so we were—I
1: want to yeah. pour one out for my friend, Nadia Vasquez, my best friend and comedy mm. partner, who was support, uh, supposed to record with us and couldn't make it, because the idea was Nadia and Mick were going to read a book together. Yeah. And then me and Susan were going to read a book together, and it was going to be the Mm -hmm. jocks of each podcast, Mick and Nadia, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the nerds of each podcast, who are me and Susan. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah.
0: Okay. If we're doing jocks and nerds, (laughs) and then there's the emo prep spectrum, of course. So I think Susan's the the nerd prep. Yes. I'm the jock prep. Nerd emo, prep emo, or jock emo. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. I and Natty
1: Nadia, Natty is more emo than I am. I was usually the guy For sure. I, I was like the guy in my friend group that had a job. Like was the, <laughs> was my claim to fame.
0: Oh, that guy. <laughs> no. It's like you're putting together a heist movie. We, you need, were- we need a guy in the in the suitcase. <laughs> we need a face man. We need a guy with a job. Guy with the job. We need an emo.
2: You you are a 15-year-old adult is what you're trying to tell us? <laughs>
0: I can't well, be because he he he's still like relatively leftist, so he wasn't the guy that showed up to high school in a suit. No, yet. no, yeah, but
1: like because the thing, <laughs> like, so me and Nadia we met doing, I, and again, this also fills me with deep regret. We met doing improv <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> we were both trying to make it in the comedy scene, uh, mm-hmm. which didn't work for either of us. Um, but uh, and. Um, found we had similar sense of humor uh, about a lot of things and so we have our own uh, show probably should have known better which we ended very abruptly <laughs> recently um
2: no ended forever
1: no not not forever um we're gonna oh, be back good. okay we, the the reason it ended um is it was just really a case of unfortunate timing one my wife got covid because she does not support any of my hobbies and mm. You know, we couldn't. It was personal. So I couldn't record. By the time she got out of it, Nadia had like an aggressive travel schedule. By the time Nadia was back, I was starting. And this is what's happening now. I'm starting a new job at a new. Company. Oh, congrats. Uh, thank you. It's whatever. And uh, and it's um, so just the timing hasn't worked out. We had two more episodes planned for this season. Um uh, yeah. and, uh, and couldn't do it, uh, but we hope to bring, I mean, we're definitely gonna bring it back for at least another season, I don't know if we're gonna finish this one out, um, but we watch old comedy movies, and we were mm-hmm. like, why, why do the things that used to make us laugh not make us laugh anymore, and I really thought we'd be watching movies from the 70s, but... Honestly, if you go to like the five years after 9 11, um, yeah,
0: God's glory years,
1: that's their worst period in comedy, right? There,
0: the Ryan Reynolds window,
1: yes.
2: <laughs> I have to tell you, I think my two favorite episodes you've done are Shark Tale, shark, naturally. Try to be shark Tale. shark Tale,
1: Shark Tale's a polarizing one, but uh, yeah, but it's one of my favorites, too.
2: But also, a close second for me, the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> I cannot tell you how thrilled I was when I saw that pop up in my Twitter feed. I was like, oh, good. We're going to get sing to me Paolo jokes. It's going to be great.
1: It's, you know, (laughs) it's important because it's about Italian representation. It's Mm -hmm. about Lizzie just cucking the shit out of Gordo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I missed this episode and I missed the idea of Lizzie yep. McGuire as a concept. Yep. But can you just say that last sentence you said again about the two names?
1: Yeah. So okay. So Lizzie McGuire's best friend, one of her best mm. friends, is David Gordon, who goes by Gordo, Gordo. And he, both of her friends, are stereotypes because she has. A, yeah. She has a Gordo is the Jewish friend who wants to be mm. a Hollywood director, and then. Um, Miranda, Miranda Sanchez, is, a spicy
2: Latina, is the
1: spicy Latina with a fiery temper who uh, uh-huh. plays bass, and and she's not in the movie because Lalaine's contract fell apart <laughs> before they shot the movie. We don't need to go into the details of how much I know about the Lizzie McGuire verse. Can uh,
0: we, uh, I'm not, I'm not the best Photoshopper in the world, but if we could get somebody to get Truman holding the newspaper and it just says McGuire cuck's Gordon, yes. I would really appreciate it. <laughs> I just want that up on my my wall, please. Uh, so we're gonna have to get the other side of this story to see if it checks out because we gotta get Nadia on, and then we're gonna ask her, and she will be like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming back." Oh no! Just, we when we asked you it was right when you're like the the Twitter account that assumedly Nadia runs. Yeah, I uh, was like, "Hey, sorry, uh, we can't, we can't make it work." And soon I looked at each other, we're like, uh, "Are they okay? Should we ask them to be on the same planet?" No, they no, we're we're totally fine.
1: Out. It was it was yeah. le- legit just like terrible timing and um and COVID like that was well, Yeah,
2: cuz your wife purposely got COVID purposely because got she COVID doesn't support sp- your hobbies. despite me.
1: And then she yeah. gave, and then she gave it to our 1-year-old. Uh and so oh, it's fine. No. Every, everybody's fine now. What a Every, jerk. Everybody nobody even had like a fever. It was all very mouth cases, mm. thank goodness. Um and so I get to, you know, do what I love best, which is um podcasting and then sharing with you sharing with you and with your audience i think um the one true faith uh <laughs> which is also podcasting
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um so so tony you, you broke the rules a little bit yes. on on Bibliovio. so normally very type a of you you're supposed to to pick the book for the other person but you actually just sent a list of books that we decided we were all going to choose from and then you picked the one that you were going to read and since i am the tony of of that meant i had to read it too can can you can you share what the theme was of the short list of books that you sent to nadia
1: yeah absolutely so uh (laughs) so um one of my hobbies, uh, in addition to my uh, dumbass comedy podcast, is I write a dumbass newsletter uh, called uh, Goths, Grift of the Holy Spirit, and it's about Catholicism. And it's me being a dumbass online, um, but also it turns out, uh, as I kind of looked into things over the past couple of years, turns out uh, Catholics have done a lot of bad in the world in the past, like... I mean, this is re- the 1st time hearing yeah. of this. Yeah. In the past, like, um, four years especially, they were a major part of the Trump coalition. They were, like, heavily involved in bad politics for decades. And also, a lot of the people who run the church are just stupid and online all the time. And mm-hmm. I thought that would be fun to write about. I was wrong, but I kept doing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to read about. There's
1: Thank you. For you. And so... Um, and, and and the reason is cuz I was raised catholic and cuz I my family still goes to church and stuff like that and so I wanted to figure out like okay well how how the hell did we get here and yeah. um and part of what I did was I read a bunch of terrible books um by Catholic authors about the Catholic Church, conspiracy theories about how the Freemasons have infiltrated the church, um, people who are saying like the church is not conservative enough, a lot of anti abortion propaganda. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk and, about that a lot. I, wait,
0: I wanna stop for you for a quick yes. second to add the history teacher in me. I know a lot of people say we're going through a second Gilded Age, but I love I love the 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 reverse Gilded Age of the Catholic, or the Freemasons have infiltrated mm-hmm. the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. As opposed to that old standby the other way around. Yeah. The, the, those damned papists getting up right. in my masonry. So,
1: so so, I've read a lot of terrible books for this project, and every one of them has uh, irreparably scarred me um, psychically. Yeah, I and so I sent a couple more to you guys. And I even – I sent one of them to you, and I said, actually, let's not do this one. That's going to be too dark. Um, and that was Ask Your Husband by Stephanie Gordon, which is a nonfiction book about – how true Catholic femininity means letting your husband like tell you when it's okay to leave the house and stuff like that was mm-hmm. going to be. And Stephanie Gordon's husband, by the way, is a YouTuber. Um, and so that was going to be, that was going to be too bleak. So
0: I get, so okay. instead, so we
1: know that that like button
0: is the only thing getting smashed in that. House. Right.
1: So, right, exactly. And so I said, so, I sent, so Mick and Nadia read a book that actually looks kind of fun.
0: Yeah, uh, it was great. It was a good time. And I then one sitting.
1: Susan and I read a book that I had been sitting on for three years. And I was like, I want to write a piece on this book. And I never did because I was like, this guy's not hurting anyone. He's self-publishing his books and putting them out for free. I don't want to be mean to him because he's, like, not, like, a big name. And now that I've read his book, I feel no regret about shitting on him at all. <laughs>
2: no, I actually can't wait for you to inevitably write a, a long-form piece about this. Uh, it, it It's well-deserved. But um, I think we decided that before we get into When the Wood is Dry, uh, we're going to let Mick talk about...
0: Vatican Championship yes. wrestling yeah we're gonna Thank start you. off
2: on a fun note and then, and then, and then boy the howdy answer. do I have some quotes to
1: read by <laughs> <laughs> uh, God that's Satan's music
0: <laughs> <laughs> well would you believe it he is a uh, well his works are a major player in this uh, this book uh, so this is a book about professional wrestling and God, and the right God. It goes together like this. Yeah, the right God, obviously, the Catholic God. And before we get too far into it, uh, I just want to sum it up that there are far, far worse things for a Catholic teenager to be reading uh, to dive deeper into the Catholicism uh, than this. Okay, This is relatively harmless, stupid, just like professional wrestling. Uh, I, I have a couple highlights. It's about a priest... Uh, whose name I forget. Oh, this is a pretty good, uh, pretty good name for a priest, Gabriel Blackwell. Okay, I like All that. Good name for a priest. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I read this on a plane while mildly hungover, having woken up at three thirty that morning to uh, come home from a brother's weekend. The so, best
2: way to engage with bibliophile books.
0: Yeah, more or less. This book really fit that mood. Uh, so I was reading it on a plane next to a woman who couldn't stop coughing. Uh, so I was very focused on the text. Uh, but. I remember it ha- being a pretty good old time. Uh, we, we open up uh, Media Res uh, with Jack something, Horner, I don't know. It's very obviously supposed to be like the, uh, the John Cena, the face. Okay. Mm. I don't know how much about professional wrestling lingo you guys know, but he's the baby, he's the face, he's the good guy.
2: Tony, yes. have you ever seen professional wrestling or semi-professional wrestling not, in person?
0: In, not like at length, no um
1: like flipping through channels i know what a face is and i know you, what a heel you
2: should is. go in real life
1: that's pretty great it's a trip i it's... i believe it's a great time
2: i had a coworker once who briefly dated a man who was trying to make it as a professional wrestler <laughs> and they had an event in iowa city that we went to and we like looked at each other in the parking lot and we're like this is stupid and we are going to have a good time.
0: Absolutely, tongue in cheek is amazing. It is great. Um, so yeah, I may, as resident jock on this here podcast, oh, okay. I, he says never having played more than a one varsity sport, I uh, may drop some some lingo. And uh, this is just the relationship between professional wrestling and the Catholic Church is pretty good because it's really focused on kayfabe. The okay. appearance of, of ritual and the appearance of uh, all these different traditions. But, but it's uh, an act. Who, yeah. It's all an act, yeah. <laughs> Being led from a guy on high that yeah. uh, everybody really hates but still controls the stories. <laughs> in, in this case, Vince McMahon. Um, but no, this is called, and I found this very funny. This, this professional wrestling circuit is worldly, you know, it, it is of this world. Uh, and so it is VCW, which you're like, ah, the name of the book, Vatican Championship Wrestling, of course. Uh, and we find out that, no, it is Voltaire Championship Wrestling. Ah, that demon of the enlightenment <laughs> is, himself, old Voltaire comes back.
1: This is already, and, uh, though, like at least two echelons above our book just for, for actually pulling off like a bait and switch with the acronym.
0: Yeah, uh, I do love the idea of somebody being pinned and the referee's like, hey, you gotta tap out. And he's like, mm, now's not the time to be making enemies in the wrestling ring. Oh, that's a deep-cut Voltaire joke right there. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself for that. Do you know that story? See, this show's <laughs> no. so heady. This is great.
1: It's like Voltaire season six of The said... Simpsons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With worse animation, but uh, Voltaire was on his deathbed and he was being given his last rites and he was not a particularly religious man is one way of putting it. Uh, and so the priest asked him to renounce the devil. And he said, no, 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 now is not a time to be making enemies. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> apocryphal, like 90% of it. Nick, Voltaire's you're
2: life. supposed to be the jock on this podcast. Wait, uh,
0: uh, That's nerd shit. Fucking <laughs> Bud Lights, bro. Slam it. Uh <laughs> So Jack the Face, uh, there's there's a uh, fight going on when we open the book. It's not our main character because the man in the first fight uh, is thrown into the depths of hell.
2: Like wow. literally?
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean like his soul is. His body remains on this plane. Okay. Oh. Uh, so this is a book about possessions and exorcism. Our Gabriel Blackwell is an exorcist for the, the Vatican's version of the CIA, which is also known as the Vatican. Uh, and so he, uh, this, this first fighter uh is is in a fight against this other guy. Victor is the other guy. He's the bad boy. He's bad guy. Uh and he is like Finn Baylor. I'm making faces at the microphone that nobody can see of hey, I've made a pull. Uh his oh, character that is nice. that of a demon. Um and so it's his character is a demon, but it turns out actually a demon. He's okay. actually possessed by the devil. No. Okay. Um so one fun thing about this is it's a book about professional wrestling. Four people who, I assume, enjoy professional wrestling. Oh, okay. And in this book, professional wrestling is real and they're <laughs> actually fighting each other.
2: That's very cute. That's cute.
0: So they're actually fighting each other. He, uh, it says here that Jack didn't know much about his opponent. Though he'd seen the guy in the locker room dozens of times, they'd never really spoken. Like he's not a co worker, like he's an actual, like, you know, uh, Mike Tyson, the Vander Holyfield, like you've been matched against each other by, you know, these sorts of things. Yeah, like you
2: haven't choreographed the whole thing yeah. extensively, like a high school practiced, dance team. Yeah,
0: practiced it up to no end to make it safe and impressive and fun. Uh, and then they get them into the middle and the referee was muttering something to both wrestlers, but Jack had stopped listening to the ref's instructions on his second or third week in the business. He knew the rules. Very important in professional wrestling to know the rules uh so then he, he's he's the old man he's the mm-hmm. the face he's the baby uh and he he gets thrown through the the man is ge- being put into what is assuredly a uh like an arm bar or whatever and then the the victor's head like turns 180 degrees uh, and then he says "Hoc autumn regnum meum snarled in a voice not his own i can't do it that voice i'm not gonna try he's speaking in latin which is the most terrifying language. Uh, aria core penitent ad or some such thing uh and so he throws him down into hell uh okay the the jack's soul um so gabriel blackwell our priest is open up uh, again we switch we we switch to something already you know our story already in progress uh he is on his way to an exorcism uh in somewhere i don't know they they have a, a relatively uh passe uh spanish accent uh, accent of a Spanish language. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll
1: we'll get there. We'll we'll, we'll get, get there. This, we'll cover that in our I've book. Heard, I've heard such <laughs> things.
0: Uh, so he's he's exercising a guy, and then he goes back to the the Vatican, and he uh go he puts his little mark on the thumb thing, and gets to go into the men in black section, which is kind of ironic because that's most of the Vatican is men in black.
1: Nicely um, done, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Um, he steps through a piece of artwork. Uh, like, it opens up for him, uh, Get Smart style. Stepping inside the massive work of art was perhaps the closest one could get to the gates of heaven on earth. So much craft has been dedicated to the vaulted ceilings and painted frescoes, the statues and the columns, the unimaginable wealth and power of the Catholic Church poured into the beautification of a single, perfect space. I see nothing wrong with that! Sorry. That's okay. I teach teach a lot of, uh, Martin Luther. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, then he goes down into the spies. More Ian Fleming than Dan Brown, to be sure. That's
1: pretty good. This guy, okay. That's this this guy's yeah, that's got fair. like this, two or three jokes. I think
0: this, I, yeah. I have respect. Yeah, this kid. I don't know what it is, but he's got it.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, already we're at like three hundred percent more jokes so, than our book so had.
0: <laughs> uh, um, they describe this like war room. A massive screen on the back wall displayed a digital map of hell. uh, i have a lot of
2: questions about how that map is obtained
1: it's the it's the heroes of might and magic 3 like uh map (laughs) i'm so relieved you got that reference i was gonna be like shit i'm old
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i just want
2: to know like who's the cartographer
0: well that's easy it's dante
2: uh, okay fair is yeah. but is that like is that canonical yeah. what hell looks There's like a all right okay of
0: hell in the archives as well as one who is what believed to be heaven the forgotten part of the uh, the second part of paradise lost turns out he wrote a sequel that wasn't as well received <laughs> uh, both had been sketched by dante mm-hmm. get this good language by this guy the first true tartanaut. Tartarus. Tart- tartarus he's a he's an astronaut instead of astra tartarus so I'm getting no. He's got it. Getting madder
1: at myself for the book I picked. <laughs> yeah, I'm also getting
2: madder at Tony for the book that <laughs> yes. right, picked. So
0: by bringing in the Divine Comedy as canon, uh, oh, a correct use of the word canon in this case. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, we have once again uh, brought this book into our theme of extended universe books. Oh, there it, we go. It is Pits weird because
1: the, the the Catholic Church like has basically, all, like. Everybody's, like, kind of signed off on Dante. Everybody's yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's probably people. how
0: it works. And he made And it
2: also <laughs> Paradise Lost.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's me yeah. saying, oh, I'm an idiot. Thank B- you for Bible
2: extended universe. Right. The yeah. Divine
0: comedy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, that there's a rebellion in hell, and that's why right. Satan is Satan, or in heaven, and that's why, it's like, you know that was written by an English dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> ah, whatever. Like, he it's wasn't fine. there.
2: No, but it it all fits. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I was gonna say some other book from the apocrypha, but I couldn't think of a specific one. Um, did you know that Christ was an exorcist? Yes, he was. Gabriel nodded. Anyway, the plot of this book, okay, is uh,
2: I don't I don't know that that's one of the miracles that Jesus performed. Yeah. well, well about, no, um,
1: he's just
0: he put it into the pigs. Yeah, cast out demons before it happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't think that he considered it an exorcism at the time. Yeah. But, uh, well, what's the holy symbol would he have used? <laughs> hey, this is, oh, ooh, I don't really like touching that. I saw a
2: tweet recently that had a, a picture of Jesus in it, but he's wearing a cross around his neck. And someone was like, can someone please explain why Jesus <gasps> is wearing a
0: cross? Oh, uh, one other thing I, th- I thought about this, uh, this book is when, so, okay, plot. This priest, Gabriel Blackwell, exorcist, special forces for the Vatican, uh, yeah. goes undercover in the VCW because it turns out Gabriel Blackwell's dad was like the Randy Macho Man Savage. He was like, oh. the, he used to be the face. He trained the current hero of the, the show or whatever. And Gabriel and him had a terrible relationship because he was a womanizer and always on the road and he has a brother from another mother and all this sort of stuff. And he, he committed sins and whatnot. And so Gabriel, uh, sinners. After, training, sinners, after training to become a wrestler, <laughs> gives it up and enters the church, uh, and the church says, we've got the perfect assignment for you. Uh, I don't know. Once again, it's like a casino heist movie where they just keep a stable of people who have had different uh, jobs throughout their lives and send them to go exercise them. It truly is the universal church. Um, but his job is to go wrestle and wrestle his way to the championship so that the demon who comes nice. from the fifth hell, which is, of course wrath fifth circle mm-hmm. which is of course wrath has to be defeated in open combat and this this demon has chosen the wrestling ring the squared circle as, i love it as the arena for combat and so uh, our our hero has to win his way up to be the champion of this so that the demon will challenge him in the mm-hmm. ring and he can exercise the demon while in the ring uh and so it, it goes through various trials and tribulations of uh, a guy getting back into the professional wrestling circuit, you know, one more job before retirement. Uh, and it, it is all, as I have said, pitched as being a real fight. Yeah. Like, he, they at one point, they're in a tag team match. I'll get to the tag team in a second. But, like, <laughs> they just, like, bite down on a molar and have green smoke, and it's mildly toxic. And it, it's, like, that's a stage effect. But also at the exact same time, if they talk about, like, well, the crowd thought it was all a big show. So it's, like, the crowd thinks it's fake but, but the wrestlers real. think it's real. yeah. <laughs> so so he has to he has to wrestle his way up, and there's big boots and there's drops, and there it's it's not terrible fighting, but according to the narration, these matches last all of like forty five seconds. Oh, whatever. interesting. Okay. Uh, it, they're they're just like, I do this, and he does that, and I do this back and put him on the mat, and then he breaks out of it and puts me on the mat and it's like, you forgot the three minutes where everybody's rolling around because well, they need to get their breath back for a it's second. Like,
1: it's like Pokemon, right? It's like they have the... It's like there's two moves you can use, <laughs> right? And then we just see who has more hit
0: points. Yeah, and Holy-type beats demon Type Right, exactly. Uh, so he eventually does wrestle his way to the top with the help of uh, uh, a Luchador, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. A very, very short, and it was like pitched as him being so short that he like was looking over top of him. And so I was like, "Is this gonna get into like little person jokes?" And it was just like, "No, he's just short. He's a short guy. He's like, he is. He's not. Does not have dwarfism or anything like that. He's just a short man. And he's a luchador that never takes off his mask. Uh, but he has this Chekhov's cross uh, just drawn <laughs> across or tattooed mm-hmm. across his back uh, because." <laughs> Did I get to it Not a second? But he's like, he's Mexican, he's, he comes from a culture of Catholicism, and so he's decked out in all this regalia. Uh, and then they form a tag team, because Gabriel can't do it alone, and so it's the luchador and the uh, priest are their characters. and It's a great show, and they work their way up to the top, of course. And then, during a Royal Rumble, uh, the tag team partner gets thrown out of the ring, and since this is real, well, even in fake wrestling, it still happens, because it's a dangerous thing, but he like... Fr- Breaks his entire neck, like, oh, gets put into the rods and everything, and so he gets put in the hospital, and that's the first time we see the his actual face, and the the priest feels very guilty, like, I put you in this situation, mm-hmm. and yada, yada. But uh, then we get our rocky moment where Gabriel goes back to his home gym, and it's abandoned, no one lives in the house anymore, but he's going to live there and train all alone for this fight against the demon that he's, he's gearing up for, <laughs> and I'm like... You're wearing spandex the montage, and gigantic yeah. boots. <laughs> Let's not forget about this. Uh, and so to cut a long story short, uh, in the final battle, the, the demon arrives and says, I challenge you. And he's losing because demons have uh, uh, unholy strength and whatnot. And uh, he loses his cross. And then the guy with a broken neck jumps in the ring and dives off the top rope with his arms extended in a Christ pose, a Branson reese Christ pose. And our priest catches him, and the, the crucifix on the luchador's back projects this holy light that kills the demon and removes the curse. And it turns out it was all because the wrestler was—that John Cena was such a good guy. His heart oh, yeah. was so pure that hell really wanted it, and you, know, you could put a demon into his body. And the, the, the untold horrors that a John Cena possessed by demons uh-huh. could make happen, but— uh, all in all, just one of the silliest books I've ever I was, read. I was
1: about to say, was... it, sa- it sounds kind of dumb, but actually, yeah. like, not, it, like, it sounds Yeah, that's palatable. all right.
0: Yeah. Like professional wrestling, kind of yeah. dumb, but palatable. Yeah. yeah. That,
2: that sounds like something I would not have hated reading on an airplane.
0: Mm. Oh, one last thing I forgot to bring up, because you were bringing up, uh, uh, yeah, it's like an airplane movie, it's an yeah. airplane book, exactly. Right. Um, you brought up uh, Jesus wearing a cross around his neck at one point. There's so there's he, they all think it's a character of the demon, which once again it's like so the crowd thinks right. it's fake, but the wrestlers know it's real. Um, is that they're like yeah I'm root for the demon man, and the priest is like they forgive them father for they know not what all they right. do and everything, um, but they all have sim- signs of like upside down crosses. Nice and and as like these idiots <laughs> they think that's demonic. <laughs> that's peter's cross like <laughs> i can't remember which one but he's like no that is, that, like, is, that is peter's cross that that's Saint Peter, yeah that. so like the that's that's peter's cross <laughs> you're rooting for me and you don't even know it and i'm like all right okay stop having good bits you're, actually you're yeah that a loop.
1: i feel like that's worth the 99 cent ebook right oh, there yeah. Yeah. The, I, yeah so
0: if, if you come across like a, a eighth grade boy reading this it's like that's keep, keep fine. Let him, oh, let him read it. Let him read it. Let him read it. Hey, It's like one of those
1: um, the Bailey School Kids books. It's like demons <laughs> don't win at wrestling.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: feel like this will be one of the few books that's not banned in the state of Iowa. Yeah.
0: Horatio Alger comes along and says if you just like pump enough iron, you too can exercise demons someday. And yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So uh, now with those smiles and bits and boobs out of the please. <laughs> Tell me about this dry, dry wood I keep here. Yeah. Out. Uh let me Tony. Let me Tony. What have
2: you done? Have <laughs> you
0: breaking my wife's heart? Uh, let me
1: let me start by saying it's an honor to be here. It was an honor <laughs> to get to pick Remember the, all those nice things. Honor to get to pick the books and uh, an honor to pick a book that got Susan to text me, Tony, what have you done? <laughs> uh,
2: this might have been We have been doing this podcast for eight six years since twenty fifteen.
0: Eight years, eight years.
2: This might be the worst book I've ever read. This one's real bad. This
1: one, I was not expecting it to be this bad.
2: It's not that... so. There are worse written books. Mm -hmm. Are there that? that, Yeah, because there are ones that like the plot doesn't track. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. yeah. This one was competently written in the sense of, like, sentence structure and plot and pacing.
1: Like, there's a linear theory of time applied to the events. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But holy shit, dude, this was bad. This is
1: bad. So I want to just back up and talk about the author for a second. Um, which uh, you guys are free to check out his website, which is edgycatholic.com, which I visited Ugh. thinking it was a completely different type of thing. But it turns out it refers to uh, <laughs> the genre <laughs> of fiction uh, that Joseph Sillow Jr. likes to write. So this Yes, guy, an
2: edgy Catholic thriller.
1: Right. So this guy um, has written several books. Uh, They're all self-published. They're all available for free, so there's some future selections for you right there. Uh, And... Uh, As he defines it, quote, edgy Catholic is a genre of fiction with a positive Christian Catholic viewpoint that is not intended for the whole family and may include significant levels of violence, including supernatural violence or sexual situations. Uh, We're talking about works with at least a PG-13 rating, but with a Christian Catholic viewpoint or at least religious content that is not
0: hostile. So can I hop in here to give my, my, if if I haven't read this book yet, hearing the terms edgy Catholic and those such things... One time I read a, a book called The World's Worst Missionary. Okay. And it was about a, a non-Cath... Uh, yeah, a non-Catholic, a, a, an evangelical woman mm-hmm. that becomes a, a missionary. And she's like, I'm not like other Christians. I say shit and everything. <laughs> and then she refused to say the word vagina, which I still find hilarious to this day. She's like, my hoo-ha. There, uh, there so is I a line and, still. Yeah. So I... <laughs> and it stops at women's bodies. Uh, I assume that an edgy Catholic book is something along the lines of I don't know, um, uh, a priest solves a mystery, uh, that has to do with, uh, his drinking.
1: Right, I don't know. right. So, yeah. like, the first example he cites of edgy Catholic fiction is The Exorcist, right? Um, because that is a, a movie that is obviously for adults, But (laughs) and a novel uh, first, right? Is obviously for adults. But about Catholicism, he also cites the work of authors Graham Greene, who is actually good, and Flannery O'Connor, who is uh, not to my personal taste, uh, but uh, unquestionably wrote. And Flannery O'Connor, this important kind of pioneered like mid twentieth century Southern Gothic. Uh, writing, and her Catholic faith was a big part of that, I would say the one thing that Sillow has carried over really well is that Flannery O'Connor was also pretty racist. <laughs> and, yep! Uh, oh, what are these? <laughs> and, yeah, bud. Um, and so, that brings us to When the Wood is Dry, colon, an edgy Catholic thrill. Actually, before I do that, one other thing, I just want to rattle off some of the other titles Sillow has written, because he writes a lot of genre fiction. Most recently, he wrote the Fantasy trilogy, Electra Voltaire. Um, oh no! The oh, once three again, making an appearance. You
0: guys, he, uh, Voltaire lives rent free in <laughs> the Catholic brain. Apparently,
1: the three volumes of the edgy Catholic dystopian series are subtitled "Blessed with Awful," "Eve of the Memes,"
0: <laughs> and <laughs> "Instruments of God." Uh, I have to say, if the wood is dry, it makes sense why the Catholic has to be so edgy. For exactly. So long. Uh, do you think that "Bedazzled" with Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley counts as edgy Catholic fiction?
1: Uh, maybe. I mean, like that's a great question, um, and I'm gonna say yes because I liked "Bedazzled." There we uh, go.
2: <laughs> I feel like now you have to watch that on uh, for probably. We, we
1: probably should watch it. on am probably should. It'd be good. Winner. When Oscar winner, Brendan Fraser. Um, oh, that's who it was, yeah. Um, yeah, That one was sweet. I remember <laughs> that. Okay, so when the wood is dry, I'm just going to read the synopsis as it appears on Amazon real quick, and then Susan can just take it away from there. Uh, Jesus' Jesus's words echo in a recurring dream to Lolly Russo, a 17-year-old Catholic schoolgirl. Lolly wakes and asks, why that dream again? Haunted by her ominous dream, Lolly pr- prays the rosary at an abortion clinic, as she would on any other day. Glancing up, a distraught, pregnant drug addict approaches the clinic. Lolly counsels the girl against having an abortion and walks her home, where she meets the girl's boyfriend, a notorious gang leader. Rollo glares at her as he sharpens his machete and says, quote, Go away, little girl, this is not your business.
2: <laughs> I wondered. I- we're gonna handle the phonetic
0: accent and apparently we're just gonna go for it i i'm sorry to tell you that i've been recording this call and that face that you made right before you launched into the the mexican stereotype is gonna become the next it was like a moment of a okay and then and then the character that you had to take on uh, <laughs> oh so,
1: so, When the Wood is Dry is obviously a novel about abortion, which is uh, always of fun to talk about on a podcast, And mm. uh, but the most important thing is that the villain uh, talks like Speedy Gonzales. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is, like, e- everything that you could imagine... Uh, uh, an edgy Catholic thriller was going to bring in is in this book. Yeah. Like this, this very pure, holy seventeen-year-old Catholic schoolgirl faces down uh, gangsters gonna, and for very long. abortion, and like basically any horrible thing that could happen to a human yeah. being happens to her, but it she stays pure. Yeah.
1: She's just a girl, Lolly Russo. She's half Mexican, half Italian. So right away, we're starting at an A+. Plus. But then... It's a uh, very
2: important Italian representation. Just,
1: uh, so, <laughs> I'm surprised she's not named Yobe. But... It's just... Uh, it's insane because like she's this perfect Catholic... And there's no nuance or shading to this book no. at all, right? This is a book written with, with an obvious political point of view, which is not a bad thing. Uh, in and of itself, except the uh, political point of view of this particular man is terrible. And yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Um, politics yeah. isn't bad. Bad this politics are bad. Bad politics are bad. That's exactly right. Like, I've yeah. written and self published free novels with a political point of view. Not, I won't even go so far as to say they're good. But they're not uh, awful. So I know you're... See, you're looking for your copy of Rosemont's A Novel of Rosemont. Uh, uh Uh-huh. I loved it. I think it's great. God bless you. That's very sweet for saying that. Uh, You're very sweet. But um, in any event... I also liked it. But now it feels like tacit. (laughs) So uh, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's just basically 90% of it is just an exercise in how many bad things can we make happen to this girl who is at different points in the novel, like kidnapped, beaten, raped twice, thrown off a cliff, left for dead, put in a coma, stays in the coma for months. Um, and then, uh, carries, um, her pregnancy to term. So it's basically like how many, how many bad things can we have happen to this girl and still have her refuse to get an abortion? Um, the, and if she could do it. Yeah.
2: And I can't wait to tell you, where the epilogue is set. We'll get to that, but...
1: Tardurus. Yeah. <laughs> In a sense, I mean, yeah. Wait,
0: is it crossing the border?
1: No. No. Um, good guess. Uh, but, but
0: basically, we're introduced to Lolly. Her
1: father is a hardworking policeman, which I know your podcast, like ours, always respects the police, and I think that's great. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> so, my my, my right.
2: first note yeah. on my notebook was, oh, good, the dad's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, her
1: dad, uh, her mom is dead. Her mom died of cancer, uh, which resulted in her dad losing his Catholic faith, Um because he was grieving and so that pushes Lolly into even more aggressive Catholic faith goes to mass every morning she goes to the abortion clinic to pray the Rosary after school every day and then she goes to the home for single moms uh, after that uh, to volunteer so just again I wouldn't say there's a lot of subtlety here um, this is like this is what a good this is what a good Catholic does this is what good Catholicism is
2: she does go Listen to mass to me, mm-hmm. she does go to mass every morning before going to school and then when she walks into school she tells her principal that she's praying
1: for him yeah, yes that that, that he's principal doing has to be like thank you Move he's on. doing a great job and she's praying for him yeah and yeah like if someone like i work with all adults if, so, if an adult tells me that i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you
0: I, if a student came into my room and said, hey, Dickinson, I'm praying for you, I'd be like, awesome, go ahead and take your seat for me, please. Just like, right. I'm yeah. just going to not really even catch that. I'm just going to let it hit my hand can't, and fall You can't, can't
1: register a response to that because it might encourage you to do it again. Uh, <laughs> so It's like when your kid says a swear word for the first time, mm. don't laugh at it. Don't do anything. Just you ignore it because if they don't get a response they won't do it again my daughter when she was like one and a, my oldest daughter when she was one and a half was trying to say comfy I was trying to teach her the word comfy for blankets then she started saying cum all the time for like a week uh, I couldn't my, respond so
0: to it Squeaks often calls me a cuck <laughs> <laughs> one time when, so we been teach him nox and he can't quite yeah. say it and so he, he called me a cuck and then he was looking for something and he just goes cuck <laughs> And he gave, like, the ASCII uh, shrug emoji. He's like, call me a cock, and then I'm like, what are you going to do about it, you know? Like, that was a tough one. That is is pretty good. That's better than cum. And so, not generally. generally. (laughs) 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 Nothing Nothing's better
1: than (laughs)
2: cum. I wish Nadia were here. I wish Nadia were here, guys. Um,
1: In any event. So, yeah, she's praying for her principal. She, like, seeks out the one kid with cancer and becomes his best friend. Um, No, but
2: she bonds with him by telling him that her mom died of cancer. Like, that's her opening line. She lectures the boys that are picking on him and tells them that, can't you see he's sick and he just wants to fit in? And like calls them out in front of the kid and then is like, My mom died from cancer and that's supposed to endear her to
0: him. Do you know what the worst part of this is is that number one, that kid's gonna get beat up twice as yeah. bad now. And number two, <laughs> well I can identify several people I've taught that maybe didn't do these exact things, but definitely were that type of girl that you're and they were not the heroine of everybody else's stories, I'll tell you that much. Well,
1: and it's like, you know, I was going to say later in the episode, like, it's very clear that Silo has no idea, like, what abortion actually is. But mm-hmm. he also doesn't know, like, what high school is, or friendship, yeah. or parenting, or, like, policing, <laughs> awesome. or, you know, like, like like basic things we use to function as people in this world. <laughs> um, and so... You had to
0: pray the hell out of that rosary. Though. Yeah,
1: so... Um, Uh, so anyways, uh, Lolly, I'm pulling up my list of quotes here. Um, Lolly keeps having a recurring dream that Jesus is talking to her and telling her she's going to need to suffer. And she's dating a boy, um, who is, uh, possibly mixed up in a street gang, uh, called La Hermandad, which is Spanish for the brotherhood. And if you don't remember it's Spanish for the brotherhood, don't worry because they say that.
0: Every time that they say Latterman Dodd, <laughs> yeah, I do love. I do love when you're writing a supposedly bilingual character or yeah. a story that's taking place in a different language, and then you have to be like, ah, but this one I'm going to keep in that other language. Real I'll have to tell you about it.
1: Yeah, real Riverdale Spanish.
0: Uh, also, is, does she speak English the whole time? Is she go to like an English school, or is she assumedly speaking Spanish?
1: No, she speaks. Everybody speaks English. Everybody and- speaks English. And then Rollo speaks. Where does this take place? I'm sorry. California. Yeah, Northern California. Um, I assume
0: this is taking place in Mexico. No, no, no. Uh,
1: Rollo speaks English, but his uh, lines are written phonetically in a, like a DreamWorks chihuahua voiced by Sofia Vergara. (laughs) And so, who is not Mexican, (laughs) but that's how they would cast that movie.
2: Uh, (laughs) Uh-huh. Um. The boyfriend, by the way, Rodrigo is yeah. his name, uh, he got involved in the gang to try to earn money to help his mother because he had watched his mother slave for the gringos to eke out their meager living, and he knew he could help.
1: Um, and she, uh, and, and Rodrigo's the smart one in the gang. Like, mm-hmm. he he manages the books, and he... And he's telling Rollo, he's like, hey, stuff's not balancing out. So Rollo's just like killing his capos, right? Kind of throughout the early parts of the novel and burying them in the backyard. And Rodrigo never ends badly. This is taking
0: place in Northern California? Yes. (laughs) I love the idea. I love the idea that it's like. Ah, uh, that criminal underbelly, well, Fresno. But, like, we, okay. I know that's Central California, but so still. So we
1: get to the next chapter, and it's the police officers, right? And it's it's Lolly Russo's dad, and then uh-huh. his other officer, who's black. And this book, by the way, uses the same tactic that the Left Behind books <laughs> did, which is uh, it always introduces someone by stating their race, unless they're white, which is the yep. normal race.
0: <laughs> <laughs> default. That's the Default. <laughs>
1: um so anyways so basically it's like oh the gangs are starting to move into this
0: town yeah and then the 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 dad's partner is like ah brother we got to go get these gangs yes that yeah that's jive
1: turkeys exactly uh... what it is like no it's it's exactly what it is let me see i want to get and i have a quote here from lolly
0: going to school um does she meet a British guy and he's like,
1: "What you thinking?" <laughs> <It's> just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just the it's a small world ride. For just lower class stereotypes. Oh instead. No.
1: Um, okay, she passed a couple of public school girls wearing yeah. jeans and short blouses with exposed midriffs, despite the coming chill in the autumn air. As I'm saying this, Mick, when you're doing the edits, just um pitch my voice down a lot so i sound like the bad guy in saw um the girls <laughs> the girls gawked as she passed as if she was some unusual exhibit in a zoo lolly glanced over her shoulder after they passed and glimpsed them making furtive comments and giggling the sting of their disapproval made her wince but she realized she was treading an ancient path toward a narrow gate that most Jesus. modern folk had abandoned or never knew existed they would call her old-fashioned and defend what they thought of as liberty but wasn't it just, and then pitch my voice down one more step. Wasn't it yeah. just sin?
0: <laughs> what a fucking I, nerd. I got to
2: tell you, you walk past these other kids on the sidewalk, they're not thinking about nope. you. <laughs> they don't notice you. Also, you're a Catholic No superhero. one cares about you. That's
0: not, that's not like an unknown monster. Yeah. You are assumedly wearing some sort of skirt and or dress. Yeah. Stephen,
1: Stephen Colbert once described Catholicism as the religion that makes high school girls either no fun at all or pretty wild. And Lolly <laughs> Russo is the only one that's both. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
0: well, I'm happy to hear that she lives a fulfilling life full of uh, not yeah. too many challenges or drama.
2: Oh, but it all works out for her, you know, no matter what, like she clings to her faith. And... Yes.
0: Her dad, by the
1: way, also has PTSD because he fought in Iraq. Uh, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> he fought in Iraq, saying at one point, quote, that meaningless war really fucked me up.
0: Wow, all right. So he takes a stand on the Iraq war. Yes. Wait, let, let, let's let not forget that this is a dad who lost his faith, so assumingly, we're not supposed to take him at his word. Yes. Did the daughter be like, now, dad, let's not forget about the prizes of liberty that those people won? Uh, they don't spend a ton of time on it, but great, I mean great uh,
1: question. Uh, okay. You. So then yes. I don't know, where do you want to go from here? Should we talk
0: about Kim?
2: Oh yeah. So, you know, of course, part of Lolly's daily routine is, is, it, is that she goes I'm Sorry,
0: is this a Korean like a convenience no, store? No, no. Great. I'm just great. worried about how many different accents this book is going to force to totally Again, into.
1: the the Mexican accent is the only one he attempts. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh. yeah. He does so,
2: attempt it a lot.
1: A lot.
0: Can we just, in the interest of uh, equality, every time you have to read a phonetic Mexican accent, can you just do it in an over exaggerated Italian one instead?
1: <laughs> yes, I saw negligent. I killed that cabron. And so.
2: <laughs> um, so. Lolly is praying the rosary outside of the abortion clinic like you do. The best part for me is that I park. So parking in college towns is Mm -hmm. notoriously terrible. And my parking spot that I contract is, uh, at the Jewish student center, which shares a parking lot with the women's clinic Mm -hmm. in town. And on Thursdays, every Thursday morning, there are folks protesting. It used to be praying the rosary. Now we just straight up scream at people. Um, outside of the women's clinic and then we have the the escorts with their like big rainbow umbrellas yeah. uh and so as i was reading this book uh the whatever thursday that was i tried to pull into my parking spot and there were a bunch of protesters blocking me from parking mm-hmm. because they thought i was going and to be fair i am visibly <laughs> you're very, you're pregnant, pregnant yeah
0: which means you're probably not in the line for.
2: no and uh i <laughs> I had been reading this book, and I was just so annoyed by everything. And I'm like, I'm just trying to go to work. And so a guy with a rainbow umbrella had to had to escort me out of the
0: parking lot. Do you think would be a good prank? What if they just secretly changed their hours and weren't open on Thursdays? Yeah. And so all these people are showing up waiting to yell at somebody and then nobody ever comes because yeah. the clinic is closed on Thursdays.
2: But Lolly's not like those people. She's just no. praying her rosary and she's there to support those she's poor girls. And She's doing it for, girls, the, she doing it for the right reasons,
1: the yeah. right way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: She wants them to know that there are other options. And so she encounters a young woman named Kim. And Lolly just knows, she just feels in her heart that Kim doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to get this abortion. But... Kim feels like she has to because her boyfriend Rallo,
1: the Rallo. the mm-hmm. guy in the, the gang,
0: Italian gangster,
2: the Italian gangster, um, will kill her if she doesn't.
1: Uh, and yeah, just from a moral theology standpoint, by the way, if someone is threatening to kill you, um, that does actually reduce your level of culpability yeah. uh, significantly.
0: I do, I do think even legally as well. Yes, a sort of that is correct. Exists. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, by the way, part of Rallo's backstory is that his oh, mother God. attempted to do uh, like an at-home self-induced abortion to get rid of him when he was a baby, but he survived it.
1: Hell. <laughs> yeah. And then job. and then he murdered uh, his mother.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. And then he killed her in saying, revenge.
1: Saying, uh, quote, can you believe it? Me own freaking mother tried to kill me. Family, can you imagine so when I was old enough I could even I strangle that beach which is spelled B E E T C H with a telephone cord. Yep. You can edit that out if
0: you think it's gonna bum out your audience. I'm real sorry guys. It's
2: gonna get it's going straight it's getting, downhill from there. It's getting worse, oh, yeah.
0: Man, I wish it was not a Wednesday and I could pour myself something. Uh, so we're in for the Kim, long haul. Kim goes into the clinic, man. Rollo
1: brings her into the clinic we get kind of the again silo does not know what abortion is and we don't need to go into a lot of detail on that i have met people who think abortion is genocide perpetrated by joe biden personally i have met people who think it is something that girl bosses do to advance their career i have met people who think it is something only poor people do when they are desperate um This novel does uh, present a very new theory, which is it is something brown people do so they can do cartel (laughs) shit. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I don't think any of the descriptions I just listed are correct, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... uh, This
0: one seems the first... Well, the second... I
2: I will say, of all of the horrible characters in this book... One of the worst, I think, is like the abortion provider, the yes. the doctor. The, the
0: doc- what? Yes, he as it, the true as it turns enemy, out.
2: Doctor Singer. Yeah. Um, more like
0: Doctor Sinner,
2: who <laughs> y- you know, like he, no matter what people want, he forces them into getting abortions, and he gives them. The he heart won't cell. talk to them yeah. about the any just- other options, and he just like they 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 come in, he does it, they go out, and that's it. You know, it's a very, very quick procedure, and then they're they're out of
1: there. Uh, and it it helps, you know, make the clinic money too. Is also yeah. part of it. So this is um, also the same uh, theory uh, floated by Abby Johnson, who Susan, I believe, is your sister, and she. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> who, was, uh, who was a former Planned Parenthood director that became a, an anti-abortion activist, and then she had a movie made about her life called Unplanned, and then she was at the Capitol on January 6th. So it's a real fun kind yeah. of full circle follow. moment. It's a regular but,
0: Forrest Gump of the modern conservative movement.
1: But she gave Silo feedback on this manuscript, um, and uh, he thanks her in the acknowledgments and misspells her name, which I think <laughs> is very funny because Abby Johnson is— is the easiest fucking name. <laughs> How does he spell it? To spell. He added an extra E in Abby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe he's trying to make her like a priest. It's Abbey <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he spells it. That's right. He spells it like uh, like Abby. That's right.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Uh, she gets the abortion. Rallo yells at Lolly for...
0: Um, well, heart- surely, Tony, that you can be forgiven for any sin if you, like confess and yeah that doesn't really that doesn't really come into this story Oh no Um, you can forgive any sin except for the ones that we say you can't
1: um and so uh so anyways what happens is um rollo decides to take and i'm moving through this story kind of fast because it's a bummer uh but rollo uh decides to take revenge on lolly for praying outside uh, the abortion clinic and trying to dissuade his girlfriend from getting an abortion. Um, Lolly, by this point, by the way, has uh, shaved her head um, in solidarity with Cancer Boy, and uh, everybody thinks that she's lost her mind for doing it. Which, to be fair, Cancer Boy didn't ask her to do it. No. It's a little weird to do it unsolicited.
2: And he also thinks it's pretty
0: weird.
1: Yeah.
0: but I, I just, I think it's really funny to have a, a gangster character that's probably like, Oh, I'm doing this because I'm very loco, which means crazy. Which means which means crazy. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> I am muy crazy.
1: Yeah. Um so Lolly is kidnapped by Rallo who plans to murder. Her. Um there are some Susan, did you read the whole book or did you like
2: So the the author straight up tells you like yes.
1: To his part credit. two is
2: going to be awful. He's like, don't read this. It's so actually you, very bad. <laughs> if you don't want to read it, I'm but you want to read right part now. three, I've added an appendix with a summary of part two. Yeah. So I just read the summary of part two and then skipped to part three. And even the summary
0: of part two was traumatizing. Yeah, it's
1: it's very bad. And you so... Really have
0: to, like. <sighs> I know we're asking a lot of people, but the self-awareness to know that no one wants to read your writing, but not the self-awareness to then say, what does that say about me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite get it.
1: So, you know, basically we don't need to go too into it. Lolly is, is raped by Rallo. Um, and the scene is not handled well. Mm. Uh, and so, shocking. (laughs) So, um, again, like, and again, I've. Whatever. Whatever is in Silo's head, and I can't pretend to know what's in his head, but I'm sure he thinks that abortion is a serious topic that should be treated with some level of sensitivity, uh, given the strong reactions that it brings out of people. Um, I'm sure he must have enough self-awareness to think that and to say i'm gonna write the uncle tom's cabin of the pro-life movement which is what he says he hopes to do in the afterward uh i'm gonna write that um and to have you know the have the main have the main antagonist like basically yelling yokiero taco bell while he's (laughs) assaulting our protagonist and then, by the way, then forces Rodrigo to do the same, then beats up Lolly and throws her off a cliff. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, leaves her for dead, basically. Um, is horrifying. Like, is horrifying. Is a disservice to the, um, to the readers that he's trying to court it's and I think so bad. works counter to the thing he's trying to do, which is again, not a thing I want him to do in the first no. place.
0: I, I cannot believe that anybody's like, remember that book, uncle Tom's cabin. Everybody loves that book. I'm going to, and you're like, stop for a second. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Everybody loved that book in 1864. <laughs> and then something changed right around 1865. It's like, how, do we re- that- how do we remember that period in history?
2: <laughs> mm, fondly yeah yeah, yeah. There's a lot of
0: lessons to be learned from that it changed a lot of minds that was
1: so yeah. um rad uh rollo at one point mocks rodrigo uh who has a crush on lolly um calling them romeo and juliet and rodrigo thinks to himself how did an uneducated drug dealing thug with a ninth grade education know the story of romeo and juliet romeo and juliet the thing which everyone famously reads
0: yeah, in ninth grade. In the ninth grade, it was the most advanced text he's read. It's... <laughs> um,
2: so this was the point where I picked back up in part three because I yeah. skipped all of part two. But at this point, Lolly has been found. Yes, uh, on the ledge, she's in a coma.
1: She's and... been found by a dad who lost his daughter who fell off the cliff years ago, and thinks this that she this very night, and thinks <laughs> that she's the ghost of his daughter. Oh, what? Return to the yeah.
2: fucking cliff. It was ghosts the whole time. I <laughs> yeah. actually wish it had been ghosts the whole time. Uh, so Wow, then one we're, third ghost. She's the in. The, she's been it's in the coma debate. for a couple months. And wouldn't you know it, Nick, she's pregnant.
1: There's life. But like. which
0: one's the dad? <clears throat> they actually never reveal that in the story. Which no, they don't. Pretty well, wild. That, that would require DNA testing, which is how the New World Order gets it. I, so.
1: I also love that um, the doctor's come to Lolly's dad yeah. who is ob- obviously beside himself, yeah. right, for months, right he's lost his wife, he's gonna lose his daughter and they're like, don't know how he could have missed this but uh, she's like six months pregnant and it's like you know, I'm no forensic scientist it does seem like when a girl comes in beat up and thrown off a cliff, that's like one of the things you check early on
2: yeah um. But they didn't, and so now she's pregnant in a coma, and the whole big plot of part three is that he become, the dad becomes the center of media attention because he says she would not want an abortion. Right. Like, I know that she didn't choose this. She must have been assaulted, and... I refuse to authorize an abortion because it's not what she would have wanted. But that damn California governor is
0: going (laughs) to train a Shavio. No, it's that,
2: it's that wacko liberal media are painting him out to be a monster who doesn't like his, he just doesn't want to believe that his daughter had sex and he won't, he won't let her get an abortion. And so he's going to ruin her life. Uh, at one point, we get the perspective of the abortion doctor on this. Uh-huh. Um, the assistant it, it to the abortion doctor... The news
1: crew is going around town talking to everyone. Yeah. The cops, the doctors, and everybody's just like, yeah, we'll totally talk to you about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: called HIPAA, not HERPA. Right. Uh, the
2: um, the assistant at the abortion clinic says, look, doctor, it's not that complicated. Women like to shop. And when they shop, they like to try things on. So if you're buying something that you expect to keep for the rest of your life, you want to make sure it fits right. They just aren't going to listen much to a church that says you have to buy the thing without trying it on, especially not when there are ways to avoid any negative consequences for giving it a go first. Most girls are not trying to do it the church's way and get caught off guard. They just figure it's time to start doing what everybody else is doing and get on with the shopping. So they find someone not too horrible and they let it happen. Kind of a starter guy, like a starter home. Not where you plan to end up, but okay for now. And they figure out what they like and don't like for when they trade up.
1: Yeah, girls hook up because women be shopping. Women Women be be shopping. I I cannot believe
0: women be shopping is their metaphor here. Yeah. You know... I... Protestants drive a car like this, but Catholics <laughs> drive a car like this. Just all real uptight. Um, One of the news <laughs> shows like that, you know,
1: cable news panel talk show, it's called the Bob O'Malley Show, and I don't know if it's supposed to be like the O'Reilly Factor or whatever, but, like, there's there's great... <laughs> When he heard there was a pregnant girl in a coma, he realized it should be the lead story for the night, and he told the producers to shelve the story about the gorilla being shot to save the foolish kid who wandered into the cage with zoo. Harambe, <laughs> oh, Harambe. No, Harambe makes a cameo
0: in this book. <laughs> oh, what a different world that would be without me having to listen to middle schoolers for three years to say "R.I.P. Harambe." Oh, oh seriously, geez. though, rest in peace. Yeah, seriously, though.
2: um. In the arms, <laughs> <in the> arms, <laughs> uh i i got so wrapped up with the bad shitness of the ending i kind of forgot how we got from this point to the ending well
1: so what happens so i do want there's one other storyline well, yeah. there's many other storylines there's one other storyline i want to hit which is one of the field reporters katherine uh, um, who basically is like, we're gonna... I,
0: I wanna guess, I wanna guess. Is this like a woman who uh, can't leave her blackberry behind and like has no time for a husband? Uh, yes. And then like an, an eagle comes down and steals her blackberry and while she's in this town looking for stuff, she like finds a man. Um, You're like half right. You're like half yeah. right. Yeah. Can't leave I did kind of mind. think
2: she was gonna end up with the dad.
1: Yeah. Serious girl boss. You'll never guess what... Medical procedure she had performed on her as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
2: how she feels about it now, isn't an it? And how
1: she feels about it now. Yeah. Um, so she has that, but there's a, and, and eventually what happens is she like has a change of heart and she does like, she lets the dad tell his side of the story and this mm-hmm. tell all interview. There's like 20 pages of them setting up the lighting for that interview for some reason. I don't know. It's So weird. And then you to go, like
0: massage her feelings of that lost chance at a child and that lost motherhood, she adopts the cancer kid. Like no. in the same way that sometimes you adopt like an old dog. To, like, someone your, like, el- someone else,
1: someone else does get adopted <laughs> later. The oh, slutty, God. the slutty public school girl gets pregnant, decides not to get an abortion, and the clerk at the abortion clinic adopts her kid.
0: So it's a wonderful pro-life,
1: like Exa- that, yes, everybody. that's yeah. it.
2: And the uh, the 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 woman who works at the abortion clinic who winds up adopting the slutty public school girl's baby. Uh, she often talks about how, yeah, of course she quits um, because she just can't handle, she just can't handle what she's doing anymore. But um, she can be forgiven. She's also questioning, she's like, I used to think I was a feminist, but I was wrong. And is, you know, like questioning the entire concept of feminism.
1: It's like, I didn't change my last name when I got married, but now people get confused when they see me and my husband together. Feminism is complicated. I'm like, yep. Guys. Guys.
0: They don't know I'm married to this guy because my name is different. (laughs) And when the slutty
2: slutty public school girl tells her boyfriend that she's pregnant, he basically says, like, I'm not old enough to be a dad. And she says, Jake, if you are old enough to have sexual intercourse, you are old enough to be a father. That's just
0: how it works.
1: Ladies, fellas love when you call it sexual intercourse.
0: I do like I do like the subplot about a slutty public school girl though.
1: The you know the the other thing. So this reporter's going around. And she's trying to figure out. Okay, this girl got pregnant and, and threw herself off a cliff. And everybody's like, No, I don't think that would be it. Like, she wouldn't have committed suicide. She's a devout Catholic. She would mm-hmm. thought it was a sin. And then and plus, you know, I think her her boyfriend tried to make it look like he was going to kill her, but couldn't bring himself to kill her because she was too hard to kill. And there's a line here, Catherine squinted her eyes in puzzlement. It was supposed to be a suicide, but now it's someone who would be hard to kill? She was just a high school girl. Why would she be hard to kill? And I'm like, I don't think they meant physically hard to kill.
0: (laughs) I do like that the ending of this book is the beginning of Constantine.
2: Oh, one other wild plot twist. So Lolly wakes up. From the yes. coma. Yay. As yes. people, you know, as often do. do after six do. months. Once you get to uh, the
1: six month mark, doctors are like, this is when it happens.
2: With like no brain damage or anything like she's just like fine. Um, and and you know, of course, thrilled with the the new life that's growing inside her. Uh she does say immediately upon waking up that she was raped, and her dad assumes Me- that it was Rodrigo. Yeah. It
1: says I was raped mid sentence her dad is like i got to go
2: and he goes to the hospital cafeteria and takes out his cop gun and murders rodrigo
1: also in the uh, hospital
2: cafeteria guy, shoots no. him dead
1: and it's and it's nuts it's nuts to read a book where a cop would fly off the handle pull his service weapon and kill someone for no reason obviously,
2: especially when that person's not white
1: obviously this book is off the wall but Wild. Also, Rallo dies because Kim poisons his chili. Uh, and so... <laughs> oh,
0: no, these beans! Yeah, That's exactly what fucking happens! That's exactly how it's fucking written! Why do <sighs> I, just... I know as much of this book as I do, apparently? <laughs> it's, it's too spicy so... for me. And yeah. so... These beans are going mom. Anyways, oh, it, so no. it's, just,
1: it's just misery. It's just pure misery, start to finish. And the takeaway from all of it is the baby's born and is very cute. So oh. that kind of makes it all worth it. And but where guess do we what? End up? Yeah,
2: her dad is in jail. Yeah, and she has a baby from a man who her dad has murdered, or, or a, a gangster who was also murdered, and so she has to move into the home for
0: unwed mothers. Yeah, well, she knows everybody there at least. But Mick, I'm gonna give you one
2: more one more guess. One more guess. Are, are we ready for the epilogue?
0: I'm I'm ready.
2: Mick, are are I'm gonna give you one more guess on to, on where the epilogue for this very pro-life book takes place.
0: Uh, the White House. The March for Life in Washington.
2: Washington. March
0: for oh, Life is pretty Washington. close. That, I'm uh, gonna give you that. The baby one. has grown up and is giving a speech. No, uh, it
1: is. Uh, damn it! It is uh, Lolly giving the speech with mm-hmm. the holding the baby. Yeah, um, the March for Life has, to be clear, is a white supremacist rally. Like Donald yeah. Trump was the keynote speaker in 2020. Yeah. Uh, it is treated here like the last scene in Encanto. Like <laughs> it is just. <laughs> um, actually,
2: there are several of our of our characters that wind up being speakers, including the slutty public school girl who gave up her baby for adoption, and the clerk who adopted the slutty public school girl's baby. They are both speakers. Their baby is there, and he, he is also very cute. And then Lolly and her her baby. I will say
0: this is the one part of the human experience that this book has seemed to get right, which is that, oh, I've been the subject of a major news story, you say. Time to start raking in the cash. Oh, this is sure. my We're job now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, wow, that's, you guys uh, chose a really dumb book. I read a comic book in
1: words, man. yeah. It's bleak. Great. I feel like we should have read fucking Stephanie Gordon's Ask Your Husband bullshit. Uh, and yeah. So, and I do too. So first and foremost, uh, <laughs> Susan, I'm sorry. Um, you should be. <laughs> and, but like what this what this comes down to is like this is a guy writing about what he thinks is the most important subject in the world, right? That's what his faith has taught him. Yeah. But he possesses no curiosity about how, like, who actually is affected by abortion. He, he has never stopped to ask himself, hey, do I know anybody who has ever received an abortion? Even though he almost definitely has, statistically. Um, and he also expresses no curiosity about anything else, like how someone of Mexican descent talks.
2: Yeah. Like... No, because every single thing about this book is a stereotype. Right. The plot is just a, an amalgamation of stereotypes. The characters are all just stereotype, like kid with cancer stereotype, Catholic yeah. schoolgirl stereotype, slutty public schoolgirl school stereotype. stereotype. Yeah.
0: I like those two when they're mixed
1: together. And, the, more, <laughs> but. and And again, Edgy Catholic is not that. It is a different website entirely, but
0: i still can't get over that that adjective edgy because edgy is like i'm gonna make nine eleven jokes or like right. i'm gonna and i'm
1: 9-11 eleven um, jokes aren't edgy nine eleven jokes are great everybody enjoys no way, that. everybody loves them <laughs> but, like
0: yeah i'm gonna joke about dead puppies like that's edgy like right yeah oh, cool dude and this person's like i'm gonna write a long-form novel about sexual abuse and abortion you're like that's right not edgy that's Awesome. bleak it's a fucking bleak it's yeah. real bleak and so um and th- this book
1: like i've read bad book. Bu- i read bad books i don't enjoy reading them but so I do, do we them. i watch I bad movies all the time for my <laughs> show and many of them are very enjoyable in how bad they are like uh, when I think about like New Year's Eve like the 2011 Gary Marshall film that movie's terrible it's poorly written poorly acted poorly directed. Mm-hmm. I laughed so hard watching it I will I prob- don't think you're supposed to
2: laugh while I, watching
1: it though I will probably watch it every year like I really enjoyed it this, I
2: love that journey for you this,
1: this book is unpleasant this was oh, unpleasant awful to read like.
0: And this really feels like uh, the world's worst, like confirmation group leader would kind of like bring everybody in and you'd go like, "Wow, guys, pretty heavy, huh?"
1: Let's yeah. let's let's get real, huh? Let's talk about yeah. this.
2: Let's unpack this. This is happening.
0: This is happening. Ugh, oh my spent too god! Day. This is I'm too much time in this, in
1: this room. This is this like is this. why you, this is why we all got to go out and vote Republican. So to stop it's just. Like this. <laughs>
2: Tony, thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. So I will never forgive you actually yeah. for picking this book. If uh, you guys
1: decide not to air this episode, um- <laughs> I understand. That's the Tony Genocchio If promise. you If you do air it, I will plug it on Goths, and that will oh, get perfect. you a couple hundred listeners, but they're all going to be jaded religious studies professors. I'm fine so, with we'll that. So
2: yeah. when we first started this, we would accompany every episode with a blog post where okay. we would add some additional context. We don't do that anymore, but I can't wait to read your book report on this.
1: I, like. Uh, I, 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 I have to write something. There's something. You have to.
2: Before we wrap up, Tony, anything anything you want to plug? I feel like we've talked about your pod. We've talked about goths. What I do you? What, good.
1: Yeah, where can folks find you? Uh, don't read goths anymore. I have enough readers. Uh, we're trying to trying to actually dial it down. No, uh, new Buried is my other one. Um, N e u b u r i e d. New and buried, and it's where I read every dotsubstack bo- dot I read every book that has won the Newbery Medal, which is like the Pulitzer Prize of children's books. Um, and it's a lot more lighthearted and fun. Um, There's a lot of really good books and a lot of really strange ones. Um, So I have that. Um, I don't have Twitter anymore because Twitter's awful. com is the thing most people read that Mm. I have written, uh, which I never would have expected. And uh, I have a couple like works of fiction Uh, That I've written. I don't think all of them are very good, but they are very cheap. Uh, So if you type in my name into Amazon or Smashwords, you can find books like We Have Fun Here or Rosemont, a novel of Rosemont, uh, which are probably definitely the two cheapest and the two uh, strongest ones, I think. Yeah, but in all honesty, I don't really uh, care if uh, your listeners get into any of my other stuff. I mainly just wanted to be on this podcast. Uh, and I'm sorry I picked a terrible book.
2: Well, uh, we were happy to have you on, Tony. Nice. This was fun. Yeah, This okay. was delightful. Um, you can find me on Twitter at yeah. Susan J. You can
0: find me on Twitter at Dickie Ma. You can find the podcast at BiblioVile. Um,
2: I do not know the new intro, uh, intro music to our podcast Katie yet. The
0: Apple Red by yes. the band Annabelle Chairlegs off of their album. Something else that I don't have up right now uh so thank you so much for appearing on the podcast tony we appreciate it we'll we'll find another time for nadia hopefully okay Uh, well thank thank you you so much guys thank Thank you you tony all right you have a good
2: night friend you too